Dead Bodies is not for the squeamish and is intended for mature audiences. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Dead Bodies. Hi Chanel. Hello. Any dead bodies this week? Not that I can think of. No. Yeah, sometimes I forget them, but... You look like a little girl in a fairy story looking for pixies up in the sky, but it's actually you <laughs> searching your mind for dead bodies of the week. That's it, just searching the catalogues. Nothing. None? No. No court cases involving dead people? Oh, court cases always involving dead people. That's all I do is death. <laughs> Either on scene or in court. You should go to our Instagram page. Have a look at how gorgeous Sean Hill is. I thought you were going to say girl. you should go to a counsellor. <laughs> yes. No, no. Dead Bodies Podcast. Have a look and see. You know, it's it's such a, what's the word? Not an anachronism. That's when the time's wrong, when the thing doesn't fit the thing. Yeah. Like you, you're wading around in the blood of dead bodies. I'm dead inside. <laughs> and yet you don't look it. Is it my turn to go first? Please. Right. This, uh, we, I know um, voiceover man said the warning at the beginning of this, but really this is gross, right. this story. So, And it's all about where the bodies were found. If you were going to – all right, I'll, before I start, if you were going to kill a dead body, where would you hide it? I can't tell you because I know exactly where I'd hide a dead body and I t- I've told where? my boyfriend – I can't tell you. I've told my boyfriend that if I murdered him, I know exactly where I would put him, but I can't tell you because then what if one day I do – maybe I accidentally kill him. And I then need my we'll, place. Yeah. You can't know. Or he's you know 95 kilos, so I've also told him I'd have to chop him up because I'd never be able to lift his dead weight. So he'd have to be in pieces. So I think most people <laughs> – I've thought about it. When you spend that much time at murder scenes, you, have actually thought. you think about it. But I do have a place and I can't tell you. And I think it's really good. My husband um, thinks, and I did read a story this week about a woman who was obsessed with crime stories and crime shows and things. And she, But she had actually been part of a murder. And so she'd obviously been picking up tips. My husband thinks that that's what I'm up to. And it's not that at all. It's just that thing of trying mm. to process. I think it's like, so it's like when you have a dream that something is going to happen, they're dreams of contrary. It doesn't actually mean you want to dream, the, the person to die. It means mm. you're, you're kind of rehearsing in your brain how you'd cope with it. I also know how I'd kill someone and it's totally untraceable, but I can't tell you that either. Oh. <sighs> I, you know, you're such a lovely girl, but every now and again I just look at you a little bit differently. And on to your story. Right, okay. <laughs> uh, this happened in Mount Vernon, Ohio in America on Wednesday, November the 11th, 2011. Four people went missing. 32-year-old woman called Tina Herman, her 13-year-old daughter Sarah and 10-year-old son Cody and also a friend of the mother. So there's a mother, two kids, and a friend of the mother, a woman by the name of Stephanie Sprang, who was 41 years old. Uh, So Tina, her boyfriend, Greg Borders, called the police to report her missing. And the next day, when she didn't show up at work at Dairy Queen, her I have noticed a lot of the murder stories I read, the people work at Dairy Queen. That's just an (laughs) aside. When you leap into trouble, remember to live a little at Dairy Queen. Those curl-top treats have a way of disappearing in a hurry. 
That's because they taste so good. Um, so her co- co-workers went to her home looking for her and they found blood spattered all around the house. So they also called the police. Now, the night before all of this took place, a 30-year-old man by the name of Matthew Hoffman had spent the night sitting in the woods across from Tina's house. Why? He just, his life was a mess at that point. He'd lost his job. Uh, his car was being repossessed. His girlfriend and her son had moved out and she said he tried to choke her. So was, he, his life was just a mess. Why he slept in the woods opposite that woman's house, I don't know. Okay. It was cold. He wrapped himself up in a sleeping bag and he fell asleep. Just after nine o'clock the next morning, he saw Tina Herman leave the house and she left the garage a little bit open. So he snuck into the house. He'd only been there an hour when she and her friend Stephanie came home unexpectedly to him. So he was cornered and he later said to the police that it was because he felt threatened that they'd come home unexpectedly. He stabbed them both. Um, He said he grabbed a knife that he'd put down on the nightstand and he stabbed one woman on the bed through her back twice. He chased the other woman down, stabbed her a couple of times in the chest and then went back to the other bedroom where the first woman was and stabbed her a couple more times and then he could tell that they were both dead. And the cops went, oh, that's fine. We get it. You just felt threatened, so we'll just let you go and yep. you're good. A whole bunch of cockamamie coming out of his <laughs> his mouth at this point. He says that he then wandered around the house and sort of slowly came to the realisation of what he'd done. What he'd done, And he was in a state of shock, according to himself, because he reckons he only went there initially to rob the house, which I also don't believe, because why would you take a knife with you? Which he'd ordered online. So this was clearly something oh, he'd planned. He ordered a knife online. Um, and he had a pair of gloves with him too. I mean, really. So he was in the middle of what he, when they spoke to him later, he called it processing the bodies. He was in in the middle of processing the bodies when 13-year-old Sarah and 10-year-old Cody came home from school. Sarah ran to her room. Cody was just inside the front door and Matthew Hoffman went and killed him with the (gasps) knife and little Sarah was in her room. Now, he didn't kill her. He tied her up with electrical cord from a fan and he left her in the kitchen. The family dog wouldn't stop barking, so he killed that too. So he's killed four people. Loaded the bodies and Sarah, who was still alive at this point, the 13-year-old girl, he loaded them into the Jeep Cherokee that belonged to the friend of Tina who owned the house. Now, back to when the workmates called the police and the search began for the four missing people. Eventually, the police wound up at the house. They went to the house looking for Tina. They saw, amongst other things, a bag from Walmart, one of the big department stores there, and there were two tarps with it and a box of heavy-duty plastic bags. So they knew something had gone and there was blood there too. They used the barcode from the receipt that was in one of the bags to go back to the store. They were able to watch the video, and through that they were able to identify this guy, Matthew Hoffman. That was who they were after. So uh, they went to his house and they found him there. He was asleep on the sofa in the living room. There was nobody else there in the house. What they also found, though, was incredibly weird. They found a room filled with thousands of leaves covering the floor. He had filled bags, like plastic garbage bags, with leaves and lined them all up against the walls of the room. So every room was, like, insulated with thick things of leaves. In the bathroom, it was completely lined. They said there were more than 110 bags of leaves attached to the walls in the bathroom. What? They covered the mirror. They surrounded the toilet. There was a freezer in the house. 
that contained only red icy poles and two dead squirrels, no bodies. Mm, Killing small animals. (laughs) There was a sewing cabinet which was blocking what appeared to be well, American houses always have those ba- doors that go down to the basement. Yes, they do. Never go down them. Ever. Nothing Every- ever good happens no, down those. There's always a murderer or a body or something down those stairs. Or Homer Simpson what doing his washing. That's exactly right. Right. So they pushed this cabinet out of the way, went down into the basement, and there was the missing 13-year-old Sarah Maynard, still alive. Right. And he'd made her a bed out of leaves. You're picking up on this weird theme, aren't you? Right. So, and he covered her with a blanket. He said that he was looking after her, but he had, in fact, sexually molested her. And he had put her in some sort of a plastic, like a nappy kind of thing that he'd made for her. So he... In his mind, he treated her well, and that's what he said. But yeah. that poor child had just been through a horrible ordeal. So initially they hoped that they might, even though they'd seen all that blood in, in the house, back at Tina's house, they were hoping that they would find the other three alive too. Um, they searched the woods nearby. They found nothing. Their only hope really was to get him to tell them where the bodies were. Um, so they did a deal with him. They said to him that they would not ask for the death penalty if he would say where the bodies were. Mm. So he led them to a um, a wildlife area called the Coco Singh Wildlife Area near Fredericktown, which was not that far from where he lived. And he led them to a tree, 60 foot tall. So what's that, 10 metres in, in metric? And this giant tree was hollow. And inside its trunk, police found the mutilated bodies of Tina, Cody and Stephanie and the remains of the family dog. So he'd, he'd cut them up. He um, explained to police that he'd rigged up some sort of a pulley system, lifted the bags up into the tree and then lowered them down into the hollow of the tree. I'm doing that thing where I forget that we're a podcast and I'm doing it a really <laughs> shocked face and that's not translating to the podcast. But It's kind the? of – it's utterly gross, but isn't it? Like if you were going to hide a body and hope that no one would find it, if he hadn't told them where he'd f- hidden those bodies, they, what are the chances they would have found them? And I was I actually just took note of when you said – you know, the cops did a deal for the – he wouldn't get the death penalty if they showed where the body is. And yep. you know, some people would be outraged by that, oh, doing deals with murderers. But it's so important for people to find the bodies for families because yeah. there's so many cases where families don't believe their loved one is dead until they see a body. So, And, of course, in most cases it's the most – really important piece of evidence is mm. the body to prove that these people are no longer alive and yeah. they can bring charges. So, but inside the tree. Yeah. And he must have thought about it prior because he moved so quickly. He made straight a away. system. Yeah. So, uh, uh, look, he made a confession in the end. It was four pages. Um, he talked about how he held Sarah in his home. He seemed to think that he was a nice guy to her, like I said before. He says he let her play Wii video games and they watched the Iron Man movies together. And he gave her a copy of Treasure Island to read. Um, and he cooked hamburgers for her and he says he slept with his arm around her, which I can't imagine was oh. any comfort at all for the poor child. Um he promised her that she'd be okay and that he wouldn't hurt her. Anyway, uh, fast forward to the court case. He pleaded guilty to 10 charges, including aggravated murder and rape. He was sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole. And he said he chose them at random. 
but it, it really doesn't seem so. Apparently, the fr- Tina, the mother, her the friend that was there, Stephanie Sprang, they she had a membership to the same gym that he went to. So the chances oh. are that he knew who she was. This um, is why, like, you can't talk to your neighbours. You don't hang out with your neighbours. Don't talk to people in the gym. Don't talk to people in the petrol station. <laughs> just don't talk to people in the supermarket. Yes. Just, just don't do it because one of them will murder you. Good luck. I never talked good to life my neighbours. No. They're lovely people, that, I'm sure. Yep, you're wise beyond your years, Chanel. They'll Thank murder you for me that. one day. <laughs> um, our forensic psychologist said that his obsession with leaves and trees were indications of mental illness and delusions. Yes, duh. Do they get paid a lot of money for their expert opinions? I could have told them that, and I, I don't know anything Just about it. Just the 110 it. bags of leaves in his house were really <laughs> no. speaking to me, and I think he's got a mental health problem. They honestly, they couldn't explain it. I mean, the experts couldn't explain why he stockpiled leaves. It, they said it would take talking to him to find out what it means, but really, do they want to? Do we need to? I do. Neighbours said they'd seen him sitting in trees opposite their house. And, and look, the whole thing was calculated. It really was. If he'd bought that knife online and gone there with the gloves... I think he'd actually set out to do it and that, all that business about it, I was only going to rob them. Yeah, the neighbour said he used to play around trees. Uh, he had a hammock in the tree and others said that he used to shoot squirrels to eat, which was obviously explains the um, the squirrels in his freezer. So there you are, Matthew Hoffman, weird tree man. And they, I understand they actually, um, they, first of all, they had to cut a hole in the tree in order to remove... Oh what was left of the bodies, but then they removed the entire tree because you would get people probably like you and I who would actually go to see what had happened there. Gruesome, huh? That's horrid. It's pretty awful, isn't it? I apologise, but then I don't. I'm not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. It's smart. My dead body hiding place is better though, I reckon. Better than a hollowed out tree. Mm, But I can't tell you. We've been through this. Have you actually? Okay. I've seen this. The, I haven't seen this specific spot, but the general place that I'm thinking of. I've is it seen at sea? Those pla- no, I can't the say bodies anything. At sea this could be used disappear. as evidence against me in a court of law. I can't talk about anything. To that do would with be a good this. place, though, wouldn't it? At sea. No, sea's no good, isn't it? Why no, not? They wash up. Uh, you know. Yeah, but by then the creatures have got to them. The evidence is destroyed. Mm. Yeah, true. And they nibble your fingers, and then you can't be ID'd. Uh. Mm. That was gruesome. That was too gruesome, wasn't it? Okay. So it's interesting because we haven't spoken about what stories we're going to do. We never, no. Dee Dee and I never talk about what stories we're going to do. We just come in here Surprise and shock each other. each other. I know. It doesn't take much to shock Dee Dee. But and I get excited during the day thinking, what's she got for me? So mine's, it's <laughs> funny because mine is kind of similar in the sense of places where bodies are found. Oh. We've telepathically come up with the same sort of scenario, but... I started thinking about all the places I've seen dead bodies and I've seen dead bodies hanging out of windscreens, hanging out of cars, on the road, in the bush, being brought out of houses, on beaches. Mm -hmm. Where else have I seen dead bodies? Just everywhere, really. Mm -hmm. So I started thinking about where normal people, you know, where dead bodies can appear and I found a couple of stories that I... I really liked. So these are stories in in other people's words. So as I read them, the the language is a little bit casual, but it's because these are written by other people. Okay. So this story I found, it's called Baby Pizza. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Oh. So I'm just going to start. 
Okay, so this isn't exactly public, but when you go to your parents' house to look for some free food and find dead babies, it doesn't really seem like home anymore. That's the intro for this story. A German housewife who should never be allowed to reproduce again murdered three of her infant children, packaged their bodies in freezer-safe wrapping, and pretty much forgot about them after she stuffed them into the freezer. That is, until her other adult children discovered the gruesome frozen treats when they were rifling through the freezer for frozen pizza. This is not true. This is true. Oh. After the grown-up kids found the dead babies, they confronted their parents and the mother turned herself in. She was too psychologically disturbed to endure any police questioning. It's estimated that the dead children were born during the 1980s and spent their 30 years in the freezer among pounds of expired food. Oh, wow. And the last line says, tragically, the adult children never found any frozen pizza. Oh, that's a shame too. Yeah. But I don't think pe- uh, frozen pizza is a very good thing to eat anyway. No. Like, at least get a fresh one. She just put her dead babies in the freezer and forgot about them. Were they her babies? Well, I, I think so. assume so. Yes. Oh. I know. Horrid. Didn't you have dead babies in the last episode? In the classifieds? Or was that the one before yeah, I have that? a lot of dead children stories. Yeah. Maybe it's because I don't have children. I find these stories kind of not as emotional. I'm sounding like I have a black heart. Oh, <laughs> it's Lord. a bit late for that. <laughs> now, this next one is oh. kind of like a bit of a, a, it's a funny dead body story. Okay. Yeah. Oh, because they're a bundle of fun. Because we've done gruesome, yeah. gruesome, let's do funny. Okay. Okay, so this one is being told by someone who lives in New York and it says, well, my story is a little different. I lived in New York in an apartment with a balcony overlooking the Queensborough Bridge. About 10 years ago, there were some new stores and event spaces built under the arches of the bridge. I was hanging out on my balcony one afternoon when I see a guy standing on Hang the on. edge of the bridge. Do you know, no, never, ever go on balconies. Nothing good comes from being on a balcony. Ever. And I will not be argued with on that. Balconies fall down yep. at parties. Check. People fall off of balconies. Check. And whatever's going to happen here has happened on a balcony. Never go on one. Please continue. I was hanging out on my balcony one afternoon when I see a guy standing on the edge of the bridge. And then it says, spoiler, he jumps and immediately dies. Oh, dear. I what see all of this on? Hang on, what and call he... police. Here's oh. the kicker. Right. The guy's body was directly in front of the door to a major event space under the bridge. Oh, dear. And the opening party was that night for this new event space. This guy jumps, lands right in front of the door. Oh, dear. Where there's a red carpet. Well, yeah, really red now. Yeah, exactly right. They said here, I think it was a People magazine party. And he jumped just hours before the doors were to open. So let's not, you know, let a dead body get in the way of a good party. Oh, don't tell me they went So the event staff put a curtain around the man's body. (laughs) No, no. It was surreal from an aerial view watching the celebrities walk the red carpet. And just a few feet away, there was a dead guy with his head smashed up with a curtain around him. No. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. You reckon we're bad? They just put a That's curtain bad. around him. No. They did. Why would they do that? That's something I'd do if I what? went into PR and I'd go, oh, 
This guy's just ruined the Let's party. Let's find a solution to this, people. Kelly and Sarah, go and get the curtain. Just pop it around him and we'll just call the police later. But it, I always want to look behind curtains. <laughs> you would have found I a dead found body that. there. So would that be because police would be going doing an investigation or something? And, and yeah, and the, they had to have this. They had the red carpet out. Everything was ready to go. But this guy is sitting in his apartment. He can see all of this from aerial view. Okay. So he can see the red carpet, the dead body, curtain around it. I have a question for you. I feel like if I went into a house and there was a dead body somewhere in it, even if I didn't know it was there, that there would be a vibe in the house. Is there a vibe from a dead body? Mm. Do you kind of know something's not right? Is there a feeling in the air? No, because then if there was a feeling in the air, we'd be able to find dead bodies all the time. But we do. No, except for your wherever you've got one hidden. (laughs) You won't find mine. So it's not, you know how when you go into a room, like it's when you're playing hide and seek and you're a kid. Yeah. And if you go into a room, you kind you of sense, someone's, sense there. someone's there. Yes. So do you still get that sense of someone being there when they're dead? I don't know because all the dead bodies that I've seen have been fairly announced before I get there. They're not right. surprise ones. Yeah, that's what you've never had is a surprise I've never had dead a surprise body. dead body. Hmm. Interesting. We might need. <laughs> went, hmm, like I should sort that out during the week. <laughs> well, so many questions come up that I think I want an answer to, and that's one I want an answer to. Do they give off vibes? Well, what are the vibes that? Interesting, yes? because they don't give up vibes for some people, like twenty-two-year-old Lauren Moss, who was first reported missing in November twenty fifteen, but she wasn't found until February. For months, her dead body sat in her car parked in a parking lot at Walmart in California. No. Yes. Police suspected that she'd committed suicide and surveillance cameras noted that her car had been in the lot since December. When she was finally discovered, it was only because employees looked through her tinted window and saw her dead body. So for everyone that was going to Walmart, they weren't getting the vibe. Well, okay. I'm, I want to defend those Walmart shoppers because sometimes when I'm at the park and it's, a, it's usually very quiet at the park, when I walk the dog every morning, occasionally there'll be a parked car. Oh, I just thought of a story I've got to tell you about the closest I've ever come to a dead body. Um, so occasionally there'll be a parked car and it'll be just on its own and I'll think I want to look. In fact, there was one the other day. I I looked at it and it was in the morning and it had dew on it. Yeah. So it obviously had been there all night. Look in it. Do you look in it? Well, I didn't want to be obvious about it because I thought, what if someone's just parking there just to have a little morning tea quietly I'm so obvious about that stuff. No, I wasn't. I tried to be subtle. I tried to pretend that the dog had gone that way and I went past it. But I did lean across to look in. At crime scenes, I do full hands over eyes looking, squinting through car windows. I didn't want to do that because what what if there were two people, what's the expression, en flagrant or whatever, you know. Having sex. Thank you. Um, What... (laughs) Honestly, I'm trying to be delicate and a lady. Um, but I thought, what if there's two people? Because that happens a lot at the park. But usually you see two yeah. cars parked close together. Well, there'd be some sort of movement coming from the vehicle before you approached if that was the situation. Well, this was a guy laying in the car. And for a moment I <gasps> thought he was – I thought – it's because it's going to happen. We're inviting a, a fate by, by doing this, I know. And I know I nearly saw one a week or so ago. Um but he was, I think he was just sleeping and that I didn't tap on the window or anything. See, you could have been like, this was another story that I read online. Forgive me for the, I don't have the exact details of where this happened, but another guy dead in a car 
parking inspector kept giving him tickets. Oh. Thought he was sleeping there. Didn't think so to he, hang on, but he, he got up to seven tickets before realised old mate's dead. He ain't sleeping. So if that car's there tomorrow, you better check if it's got a parking ticket. And if it has, I don't want to find on the, the person. No. What? Bizarrely enough, though, the exact same spot is the closest that I have come to. What I think was a dead body. I didn't see it. It was a mm. rainy, rainy, rainy day. Nobody was walking their dogs. I was the only fool out there with an umbrella and a golden retriever. Golden retrievers want to walk no matter what the weather. And we got right down to the back of the park and I saw there was a, one car in the car park and there was a couple of police cars as well, oh. which I thought was odd because... I was the only person stupid enough to be walking in the pouring rain. Why was there a car in the car park? Why were there police cars there? And I went right down to the back corner of the park. And this park actually is on the Yarra River. Right. And when I got near the back corner, my dog, uh, Golden Retrievers are friends with everyone. Hello. (laughs) My name's Harvey. Hello. (laughs) So he goes galloping across to the police lady who's standing down the back. Oh. And she walks towards me and she said, is this your dog? And... I always think I'm in trouble and it, it is a dog off the leash park, but I thought yeah. she's going to tell me off for not having the dog on a leash. And I said, yes. And she said, could you call him off, please? Could you call him back? We've got a crime scene down here. Now, I was oh. probably only 50 metres from whatever the crime scene was. And you were But like it has this. to have been someone from the car. Down, just yeah, down, I'm not letting you, you claim this as another partially no, I didn't almost see it. dead body story. Never seen a dead body. It was like in the other episode where you tried to claim a dead body and I'm not giving it to you. No, only nearly once. I don't want to see a dead body. I really don't no. want to, but it's going to happen. It is. Mm. I thought there was one in my street too, but same thing. Guy sleeping out. What's with you? I thought there was one in the cupboard. I thought there was one in my street. Then I thought there was one in my bedroom, but then I just realised that was my husband. It was the same thing. It was a car parked in my street and there was a guy in it and he looked dead. And I called the police. No, I did the right thing. Well, like I didn't want to go and tap on the window in case he was because I was too scared. So I rang the police and got them to come and tap on the window. But I think um, it's – and I you know, peeked out, you know, to see when they came. And um, I think he just had a big night and had pulled so over to have snooze. a little nap. Mm-hmm. But a friend of mine did the same thing. Um, he was coming down his street in a rather rural area and there was a car parked on the side of the road and there was a person sitting in it and he stopped and peered and went, oh, that person doesn't look very (laughs) awake and um, tapped, no, and the door was open and he opened the door and touched the person and they were were dead. I think they might have ended their life in the car. Mm. This is probably a good time to say that if you do have those thoughts, you should seek help. Uh, We have those details on our website if you need someone to talk to. Please do. Chanel, it's been an absolute joy. Uh, I'm dying to know where you would hide a dead body. I'm going to think about where I would put one if I was going to. Yeah, or email us your suggestions about if you've ever thought about this. We're not condoning killing anyone, but if you've thought about where you'd do this, Would you chop them up and make them into pies? Mm, No. I just only have to chop up Nicholas to move him. I could never lift him into a boot. How would I move him? He's 95 kilos of literally he'd be dead weight. There's no way. I work out. I'm not that fit though. He'd have to get chopped up. I've told him. And I said to him, I know enough cops that they'll never tell. I'll never, I'll ne- you'll never ever be found. On the next episode of Dead Bodies. I remember vividly the night um, 
she came and spoke to me just before she was going on the blind date. She came in and saw me and asked me how she looked and showed me what she was wearing and highly excited and all this stuff as a young 21 year old would be and um, she looked fantastic and that was the last time we saw her. What went through my mind was that there is no way anyone can die and then wrap themselves up and that went through my mind instantly. I went, oh my god fathers, someone has been here and done this. Dead Bodies is created by D.D. Dunleavy and Chanel Vela and produced by Kirsten Lim Howe. Contact us at deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com.